Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another quarantined review. This one is about the movie called Don't Let Go. Uh, came out in 2019, and it is starring... Uh, I'm going to butcher names again, and I really hate this. I'm going to get charged for this. Uh, David Oyelowo, uh, Storm Reid, um, and McKelty Williamson. The director is Jacob Estes. Uh, this is about a detective who receives a call from his recently murdered niece, and this is supposed to be like a supernatural murder mystery, but it's in the category of psychological thriller, just a pinch, and then it's also a horror film mixed with action as well. Uh, this film had more surprises than I was expecting. I wasn't too sure what to think of it, but I do remember seeing the trailer and wondering, okay, let's see what this is about, what's gonna happen, and then it's like the movie came out, and then... I, I didn't hear anything about it. So, of course, because we are stuck in quarantine, I now have the opportunity to actually take a look at everything. Uh, David Oyelowo, play, he plays Jack Radcliffe, Storm Reed, which, by the way, I'm very jealous of her name. Uh, she plays Ashley Radcliffe. And um, McKelty Williamson plays Bobby Owens. Um, there are a couple of other people in there. Of course, Alfred Molina, uh Brian Tyree Henry, uh, there's also Chanel Azaro and Brian Mann, April Grace, Omar um, Le- Leva, um, and of course, you know, there's, there's more as you continue to go through the cast. So the film is exactly what it's about. So I'm just going to say the spoilers because um, just in case you're like, eh, what are the-? yeah, I'm going to just put out spoilers. So what ends up happening is they open up the film with displaying the strong relationship between the two characters of Ashley and her uncle Jack, who's also a detective. And you see that they have this trust, this bond together. So whenever something happens, she calls him and he always answers. Like he never misses the call. And... This, you know, it's a very quick introduction. You get to see how close they are. You get a really strong, good vibe between the two of them. And you kind of get the idea, like, perhaps maybe her parents are not doing everything that they really should be, um, which is where she has that relationship with her uncle. So he's kind of like an uncle, but he's also like a father-like figure. Now, one of the calls that he gets from her while he's at work, because he's a detective... Uh, he wasn't too um, attentive, but she ends up going like, you know, I, I, I get it. You have work. And he's like, I'm sorry. There's this case that I'm working on. I'm just trying to piece everything together. And um, after that, the next call he gets from her, it's like very staticky. She's scared. The phone suddenly is cut off. So when he tries calling her back to figure out what's going on, he keeps getting her voicemail. So after his work shift, he shows up at the house only to discover that the entire family has been murdered. And... While he's there at the crime scene, he sees that there's, like, a box of drugs. He's seeing, like, small things that a detective would pay attention to to only realize what really probably happened. And as this continues, he um, he's he has the funeral. His partner's there. Everyone's there, you know, and he's having this moment. And they don't make the funeral um, into this grand scene. There's no major... A conversation really between any of the characters but what I enjoyed about the funeral scene was the fact that it was the thoughts of detective Jack uh Jack Radcliffe so it's the detective's thoughts which is primarily what happens while people are at funerals when something happens if you feel like you are at fault maybe you have survivor's guilt there's a bunch of things that go through your head so yeah the priest is um you know talking 
But the truth is, not many people are really listening to what the priest is saying just because they are in their own thoughts. The last funeral I was at, I kept thinking of all the incredible memories I had with that person. And although they had been struggling and had been sick for a long time, um, I felt guilty for like not visiting Jackie as much as I should have just because I wanted to hold on to the memories that I had of her in particular when she was healthy. And so to me, that funeral scene made sense to me to see, you know, this character, Uncle Jack, and he's doing his soliloquy in his head. And now he, he's obviously expected to take time off. Um, but now, while he's taking time off, he's still receiving phone calls from his dead niece. And at first, he's, you know, a little freaked out. He's trying to figure out, who is this? Who is this? Um, it's nothing too aggressive, but it's just him approaching it as a detective. And he receives another phone call. And as the phone calls continue, because the niece is trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? Like, why are you being like this? And he starts to piece together certain things uh, that's not making any sense. Because he wants to know why. Like, why am I getting her phone calls still, even though she's dead? And what ends up happening is he starts to realize she's in the past. She's just, you know, she's in the past and she's going through the day. So as he starts to piece this together, he starts to ask her to do very strange things like drawing an X on her father's, um, you know, shed. Uh, He starts asking her for like information because he's trying to figure out who murdered his family. And as this continues... Uh, her natural, I guess, detective instincts start to kick in. She becomes, you know, curious. She's checking around for things. And the more she starts being nosy, the more information she's sending back um, uh, back to him, he's starting to piece things together and he's starting to realize his brother who was doing things right um, started to go back to an old life of selling drugs again. And that's where he's getting into, you know, into his trouble. And... Uh, she ends up seeing like her father getting beaten up. She's calling her uncle. And then finally they have this distinct moment of... Because you see she's just being a kid. Like, well, I want to know why you're making me do all these weird things. And then she starts to explore herself. So you start to get worried for Ashley. Because you're wondering like, kid, you really don't understand like the dangers of what you're really getting yourself into. And she doesn't do anything that um, that her uncle tells her to do. Uh, in the sense of when he tells her, you know, to be safe or how to do certain things. And he understands that there's a timeline. So once he accepts, and the thing about it, which is the cool part about the character, he had prayed so hard at the funeral, if he could just have one chance to, like, undo all this, you know, he would. And that's basically what he gets. He gets the wish that he really wanted for. And this girl, she's just sort of snooping. And he's a little upset at it, but at the same time, he's accepting of it because he's thinking of the deadline. This is when you die. And what ends up happening is they're in a diner and he has her chew up a piece of bubble gum, like random colors, and stick it underneath uh, like a diner table. And he's like, you chewed red gum. So he's like picking it out and stuff like that. So she starts to realize, um, what do you mean you're two weeks into the future? That kind of thing. And they're going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, they sort of like both accept it. Like we're on two different timelines. This is why you know everything that's going on. So one of the key things about the um, crime scene was as she is changing things, 
the crime notes for him are actually changing. So as he's going through evidence, he finds different things that are like very strange. Um, Her backpack, for whatever reason, was soaking wet and nobody knows why it was wet. And it turns out it's because she was snooping around again, trying to get license plates and get it to her uncle. And what ends up happening is the fact that, um, so she gets basically busted writing down these, these license plates. So she, she, she hauls ass and as she's running, trying to get away from this one particular dude, she doesn't know who's chasing her, but, um, her, she loses her backpack in like a small, like river. It's not like a real river. It's those like little, um, I forget what they're called. I forgot to speak English, but they're in California. Um, so the water can flow through there, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like that, the ramps and stuff like that. California is infamous for this. I'm sure if you're listening, you you know exactly what I'm talking about because the words just escaped my mind and my mouth. However, anyway, she loses her backpack and that's a key thing because that means when the criminal picked it up, someone else had to bring it to the house. So at this point now, part of the film starts to play with a timeline and they start to show you, instead of showing you the present, they start to show you a little bit of the past. And then they start to have them simultaneously going back and forth because you see little things that the girl was seeing, which was like a yellow baseball cap, things like that. So when her Uncle Jack gets picked up by um, uh, by two officers and they're explaining to him, like, look, this is basically a drug ring that goes above our heads. There's nothing we can do, blah, blah, blah. You start to think that the two cops that are with him are actually, you know, they're both dirty because you realize where they're driving him. You're like, yeah, you, you're not supposed to be living. And what ends up happening is one of those cops is actually clean. Obviously, he's shot by the dirty cop. And the dirty cop is trying to figure out, like, how the hell did you know all this information? And while he's trying to, like, piece together, he's telling him, like, you know, you obviously have a witness. Who's your witness? And he's like, Ashley, Ashley's my witness. And he's like, he's confused because he's in the present where Ashley is already dead. So because Ashley actually survives, it actually collides the two timelines and her uncle uh, Jack is actually able to save her. Um, But it was something you didn't really expect because you were like, Okay, so who killed her? The, the uncle, your brother got involved with drugs. Is it a dirty cop? What's going on? And I like how they played with the timelines. Um, it wasn't overdone. Because a lot of times with timelines, they like to overdo things. They're just like, oh, oh no, we can't mess with the space time continue. And that's usually what happens. Or they do it too much. And they're like, oh, I have an idea. Like suddenly people are clever. And they're like, I know how to handle the timeline. And sometimes it's a little, uh, it's a bit ignorant to do that just because, um, some people might jump to come up with a thousand ideas. Other people might not, but she's supposed to be like a 15 year old girl, 16 year old girl. And I like the fact that she remembered certain things like how to survive, like why she couldn't get her window open. Um, she remembered basic things and she did things that almost kind of made sense. I was a little annoyed that her character kept taking her bike everywhere instead of just running. Um... But that's, that's, it didn't, it wasn't too bad because I was like, you know, as a kid that may only just be her think of like, how do I get away as quickly as I can? And uh, that would have been, you know, uh, I guess a fair way to having it portrayed. So I was just like, all right, it's not too much of a crazy thing. Um, But yeah, they played with a timeline just enough that both characters are not really, 
um, aware, but they are aware. And then when they finally get onto the same page, it's like the timelines coincide with each other. And by her actually surviving, she ends up saving her Uncle Jack's life because in his timeline, um, his, uh, his partner actually murders him. So... It was a very interesting film. I did not expect the random little twists and turns. I found myself very uh, engaged into the film. I wanted to know more. The, the few times I had to step away for like to go to the washroom or anything like that, um, I made sure to pause the film. I was like, I need to know exactly what's going on. So I'm definitely going to give this film a 5 out of 5 Cadmus. I am enjoying this. This film was great. I think the actors did a phenomenal job. The directing was on point. I like the fact. I probably this is probably this is just going to be a hit for my last uh, movie review. I like the fact that the female um, was not a weak character. She was scared. It's not like she could defend herself against this, you know, this uh, this drug drug dirty cop or whatever. But the point is, she wasn't a weak, stupid character. Is it? Oh no! Uh, I'm really pissed at that other film. I'm so sorry. But anyways, <laughs> um, but the the film was actually really good, and I I really have to say I personally enjoyed it. I definitely would recommend it, even if you've listened to this and you're like, oh, I don't know what I should do. Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. I think you should sit down, watch this. I saw this on Cinemax. Um, I don't know if it's available on Netflix or if you got to do something else to rent it or whatever, but it's definitely worth it. I would give it five out of five Cadmus. It kept the the thrilling sensation. It had a little bit of action, um, had that little psychological thriller aspect. Uh, I wouldn't call it a horror film, so I'm not sure why it's in the horror, but I would definitely put it as like a psychological thriller action just because it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Um, the characters are a lot of fun. And even when you realize that the partner is actually uh, a dirty cop and he's actually the one who kills the family, you start to wonder, like, how are the two timelines going to affect each other and how is everyone going to survive? Um, again, great film, fun writing. Uh, the, there was character development in there um, as you watch them, except uh, the reality that one's living in one timeline and the other one's living in another and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So the character development was, 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 was good, especially once she realizes that she dies, um, you know, when he has to actually tell her that, which is probably like, the hardest thing that he had to do in the conversations with her, is just like, this is how you die. And um, I liked how the choices of every single individual there uh, actually mattered. Um, when the good cop gets killed, he looks over at, uh, Detective, uh, Jack and he's like, have you figured out why he, why, why I shot him? And he's looking at him a little confused. And he's like, cause he was clean. That's why. And you're like, oh crap. You know, like it's, it's, it's a good movie. So if you haven't watched it, I definitely would recommend you to watch it. Put your feet up and then watch the psychological thrilling action film. Cause it's not really a horror movie. Um, I know it's supposed to portray it as a horror film, but it's it's not a horror film. It's a psychological thriller with some action in it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this review. And be sure, if you watch these films that I'm reviewing, comment on my Tumblr, leave me a message on Anchor, do whatever you can. Just be like, yo, I saw that. Oh my god, what's up? How are you doing? Anything like that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, reach out to me. If you are looking for anything that is mine, you are going to be looking under CADMA, which is C-A-D-M-A. That is right. C-A-D-M-A. C as in Charlie, A as in Alpha, D as in David, M as in Michael, A as in Alpha. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And yeah, hope to see you guys next time. Bye.